Grab your Bibles, if you would, and let's turn together Daniel chapter 5. And you're not going to believe this if you follow my preaching. I'm actually going to cover chapter 5 and chapter 6 in one sermon. And still get you out of here on time unless Jesus does something different. Come on, somebody. So uh, we're going to do this together. We're going to close out the, ser- uh, the message series today called Escaping Babylon. And we're preaching through the first half of the book of Daniel. You've got your message notes. Go ahead and pull those out online. You can download them off any of our media outlets. And let's get right into this. This is such a powerful passage uh, of scriptures that we've been studying. The theme of Daniel, if you've been following along, the theme of Daniel has been this. About 600 years before the birth of Christ, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came in, conquered Jerusalem. He took some of the young men, like Daniel and his friends, back as exiles, as slaves, captive to Babylon. In that time period, he starts indoctrinating them with a new language, new religion, new history, new literature, new cultural norms, and he tries to... He tries to de-Jewish them, de-Judaize them, and pro-Babylonian them, right? Okay, if that's a way of saying it. But he's trying to indoctrinate them. And, And here's what we find throughout these first six chapters of Daniel. And here's the theme of the passage, is that Daniel and his friends were thrust into a godless world system and a godless culture, yet they chose, everybody shout, they chose, They chose to stay true to their faith in God. And watch this, watch this. This is what the whole series has been about. Live with godly character. And because they stayed true to God, but not just staying true to God, because they handled themselves properly, because they handled themselves in this godless culture with godly character in the end of their lives. And it took years. It wasn't an overnight deal, as I'm going to show you today. But in years of being faithful to God and living with character in the end, watch this, watch this. Even wicked King Nebuchadnezzar, we talked about this last Sunday, even the wicked king of Babylon in the end would declare there's no God like the God of Daniel. He is the one true God. And it makes you wonder, could God have allowed pressure of a secular society to be put on God's people so that, watch this, watch this, so that God's people who stay faithful and consistent to him could raise up a testimony that would influence the culture around them in the end. And I got to believe that that's exactly what God would love to do today in our world through all of us who believe and honor God and want to serve God. Because sometimes you and I feel like we are going against the tide We're going against the culture and we can get angry. We can become slanderous. We can get on social media and start blasting everything that we're against. But I wonder if maybe God would like to tell us that if we would stay true to our faith and live with godly character and just trust God through the situation, if at the end of our story, we may not have more influence on the culture than the culture has on us because of character. This whole series has been about godly character in a godless culture. That's what we learn from Daniel and his friends who are carried about. Listen, I want to say this. Character makes all the difference. Character makes all the difference. The way Daniel lived and responded to his captors influenced the entire kingdom. And one of the things that I can say about Daniel 
And I can say about, about him, not only was he consistent in living out godly character, but there is a fuel that fueled, that energized his character. What do you think it was? What was it that caused Daniel to get up every single day and maintain his character? I believe it was his devotion to God. His devotion, not to his religion, watch this, not to his religion, not to his church, not to his style or traditions, because if that's where your fuel comes from, you'll be like a roller coaster, hot one day and down in the valley the next, because people will fail you, systems will fail you, no church is perfect, and, and listen, no religious practice is perfect. If that's where you're getting your faith and your strength from to stay consistent to God, it's not gonna last very long. Where your consistency's gotta come from has to come from devotion to God alone. In fact, take your message notes and let's just write this down. This is what we're learning from Daniel because Daniel was consistent through all of his time in Babylon. And here's what I believe for us, write this down, that God honoring character is developed through consistency to your devotion to Christ. Someone said it like this, it's not so important how you get started as it is to how you finish. How many say amen to that one? It's not as important about how you got started as it is how you finished. There's something powerful about being consistent to the end. When you come to Daniel chapter five, and that's where we're gonna be at in a moment, you're gonna see his character in action over the long haul of his journey. And I believe that's what I, the message for today is, is I want to share with you the how as we live for God. And if we stay with godly character over the long haul, that's how influence is gathered. I want you to look on the screen. Here's a definition by a Christian counselor named Mick, Rick McGregor. He says this about character. Read with me. Character can be defined as a collection of personality traits within our behavior. That shows who we are. So the, how people judge who you are is by the character that they witness. This is seen, watch this, in our integrity. Shout integrity. integrity. Now I want you to really say the second one and look at your neighbor while you do it. In our attitude. Now don't, don't look at nobody for real. I mean, that was like kind of a joke. But I mean, if you're married, you can look at the next one beside you. All right, here we go. Online campus, you can do this too. It, it, is, it is seen in our moral fiber and I love this one, I love this one. In our disposition, look at your neighbor and say, let it show on your face. And watch this, watch this. And how we treat those around us. Now I want everyone in, in, in house and online, read the rest of this with me, or at least the next line, read it with me. Although this is true, character has to go much deeper than that. Look at what Rick says. He says, for us who are Christians, Character is who we are because of our relationship with who? Christ. It's because of our relationship with Christ. It is something that can be, next word, built, and it can be learned as we follow him. That's why we've been studying Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Because here's something you may not understand. You may not understand this. You can take 25 minutes and sit down in your living room with a good cup of coffee, and read the first six chapters of Daniel. It doesn't take very long, about 25 minutes. You can read the first six chapters of Daniel. But here's what I need you to know about Daniel. The first six chapters spanned 66 years of his life. 
He has been a slave. By the time you come to the end of chapter six, he's been a slave in Babylon for 66 of his years. And out of those years, he has stayed faithful to God. He has stayed faithful to who God has called him to be. At this point, watch this, watch this, watch this. By the end of chapter six, he's gonna have served under about seven or eight dictators. And we don't know exactly because it all depends on what history says about Darius and Cyrus, the Medes and the Persians. Some will say they believe Darius was just a surname to, to Cyrus. My, personally, and some other scholars, and I'm not a scholar, but you know, other scholars, I just kind of agree with them, believe that Darius was appointed by Cyrus, two different individuals to rule in Babylon as Cyrus continued running the Persian Empire. Either way, here's what you need to know. Daniel stayed consistent through seven or eight different dictators, 66 years of his life. He honored God through it all and through the process kept a godly character. And by the end, he was influencing the nations and still the nations influencing him. This wasn't a quick overturn, folks. This wasn't, hey, I'm gonna stand up for Jesus for three weeks and if God doesn't move, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the beach. This was 66 years of faithfulness. And what we see in Daniel is exactly what the New Testament teaches us through the book of Romans. Paul wrote this, look at this verse, Romans chapter five. And not only that, but we also boast in our, the word all of you came to church to hear today. Here's your blessed word, ready, say it. Affliction, see y'all didn't even wanna say that word. Look to your neighbor and tell him, you gonna be all right. Let's say it together. In our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces what? Endurance, and endurance produces, here we go, proven character, and proven character produces hope, and this hope will not disappoint us because God's love's been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what Paul is saying, and what we see in Daniel is that character is developed over time. And character is built more in the valley than it is on the mountaintops. We need to understand this. When you come to chapter five, a new king is on the throne, Belshazzar. This is interesting to me because some historians argued for years that there was a contradiction between history and the Bible. How many know if you give history long enough, it'll catch up to the Bible? It's never the Bible having to catch up. Science, give science long enough, it catches up to the Bible. Give history enough, they'll unearth something, proves the Bible. And that's what happened in this case. For years, they would say this time period can't be right because they didn't know who Belshazzar was. History didn't. But the king of, of uh, Babylon at that time is Nabodinus. And then all of a sudden, through archaeological digs, they come to find out something one day, and it actually proves the Bible. Nabodinus, who was the ruler, he was the king for 17 years, but 10 of those 17 years, he didn't live in Babylon. He wanted to go off and travel, and he wanted to fight other battles, and he loved to live in Arabia. I guess that was his vacation home. I don't know, but he loved to stay away, and he did. So while he was away 10 of the 17 years of his reign, he raised up his son, Belshazzar, to be co-regent. He's still king, but in Babylon, 
his boy got to be king under him. And so all of a sudden, history proves that the Bible was right all along. Isn't that awesome? God knew what he was writing down in the scriptures. We even know what happened on a particular date. When you come to Daniel chapter 5, I'm not going to make you read the first 21 verses. I'm going to quickly tell them to you. Belshazzar decides on October the 12th, 539 BC, we know the exact date, to host a banquet for a thousand of his nobles. Archaeological digs have found what they believe to be this actual banquet hall. It's large enough to hold a thousand people, but here was the key characteristic. There we go. Sometimes the brain's got to slow down. I'm from Kentucky, y'all know. And, and so, but there's plaster on the wall. Here's the deal. Here's why that's so important. Belshazzar has a party for a thousand of his nobles, and they're all there, and they're all drinking wine. And the Bible says they got intoxicated, so they got drunk. While they got drunk, Belshazzar said, I'm going to show, in other words, he said, I'm going to show that I'm more powerful than the God of the Hebrews. Y'all remember how Nebuchadnezzar so many years ago came and, and defeated them? And, and, and this is 66 years after that happened, by the way. And, and, and now we've got their gold out of their temple and we've got it in storage. And he says, hey, y'all, go bring me all the gold vessels from the temple of God and bring them in here. And we're going to drink wine out of them. We're going to party. We're going to pour wine in them. We're going to drink wine out of them. And so they do. While they're drinking wine out of the vessels from God's house, a man's hand appears and begins to write on the plaster wall, and he writes, many, many tackle parson. Aramaic. No one there knew Aramaic. They didn't know what was writing. In fact, this moment, so terrified, watch this, I just love the Bible. If y'all read it, you'd be like, this is the coolest book in the world. It's so terrified Belshazzar that the Bible says he soiled his robe. Y'all know what that means, don't you? And beat his pants. He soiled his robe and then he called for all the magicians and astrologers and fortune tellers to come and read the writing on the wall and no one could. He was so upset, the Bible says he was pale. He's like ready to pass out when the queen comes in. Now, most likely this is the queen mother because the Bible already told us that his wives were in the banquet hall with him. He, he had many wives and Belshazzar's wives were there. This is most likely his mother, the wife of Nabodinus, the queen mother coming in. She comes in to him and says, hey, don't you remember your predecessor Nebuchadnezzar had a, a, a Jewish slave here that had the spirit of the holy gods on him and he was smart and he, he used to interpret dreams for Nebuchadnezzar? Maybe you ought to ask him. And so they brought in Daniel. 66 years of being a slave, 66 years of serving these kings. Now all of a sudden on the night Belshazzar's having a God moment, they bring Daniel in and he looks at Daniel and he says, I hear that you can interpret dreams. I know what you did for Nebuchadnezzar. Can you interpret this? Daniel takes one look at the wall, looks back at the king and says, hey, you do remember Nebuchadnezzar, don't you? Yep. He says, you remember how Nebuchadnezzar once thought he was bigger and stronger and mightier than God? Yep. You remember what happened to him? It's what we studied last week. 
Daniel recounted how God drove uh, Nebuchadnezzar into the wilderness, how he lived like a wild animal for seven periods of time until the moment came. And here's what Daniel said to him. Until the day came that he looked up to heaven and declared there's only one God in heaven. Now pick up the reading with me at verse 22 there on your message outline. Here's what the scripture says. But you, this is him talking to the king, but you, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart even though you knew all this and instead you've exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens, the vessels from his house you brought to you and your nobles and wives and concubines drink wine from them. You praise the gods made of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone which do not see, do not hear, do not understand. Read the last line with me, ready to go. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand who controls the course of your life. Why do we know what date this was? Why do we know this was uh, October the 12th of 539 BC? Because on that very night, the end of the chapter, it says that night, the Medes and the Persians came in, conquered Babylon and killed Belshazzar. We know historically that happened October the 12th, 539 BC, 66 years after. Daniel and his friends were taken captive out of Jerusalem and brought back to Babylon. Here's why I gave you all of this. Here's the message in this passage, in this chapter. It's even 66 years after being a captive, Daniel was the same man following God and staying true to his convictions and living with character 66 years into the struggle as he was six weeks into the struggle. And I want to say this to our congregation and those watching online. If you want to have a testimony for God and you want to have influence on our culture, you have to learn to stay disciplined to your faith and to godly character for the long haul. And that must be fueled by your devotion to God and God alone. Number two, write this down. If you're going to stay consistent to your faith over the long haul, you've got to understand it's going to require some courage. Staying consistent in your faith and living by godly character is going to take some courage. You've got to prepare for some pressure. That night, Babel, uh, or Persia, the Medes come in and conquer. Now Darius is going to come on the throne. Darius, uh, the first thing Darius is going to do at the beginning of chapter six is, is he's going to appoint 120 satraps. Everybody shout congressmen. It's the best way I know to help you understand what he's doing. He's taking the, ba the Babylonian kingdom that now is Persia, and he's going he's to develop 120 political leaders to oversee these sections of the empire. Then he's going to appoint three on top of those 120. And of the three, one of them is Daniel. So watch what God has done to this old slave. He has let him be there before Nebuchadnezzar. He was there before every succeeding king. Now he's standing before Darius the Mede. And he is now being placed by Darius, promoted to a position of influence. He is, he is one of three over all of Congress of Persia. Look with me now at chapter 6, verse 3 on your message notes. Daniel distinguished himself. Shout, he distinguished himself. Above all the administrators and satraps, because he had, read it, 
an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole ram. Wait a minute. He's one of three, but now Daniel's getting ready to be their boss. How do you think those dudes reacted? Let's see. Here's what the Bible says. Then these men said, we will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. Isn't it awesome when you live with such integrity that the only way people can find fault in you is if they can cause you to contradict something in your faith or somehow to use your faith against you. That's where Daniel had gotten. He extinguished himself. Listen, you don't extinguish yourself if you are an angry slave. If you are always bashing the authorities, if you are always slandering those who are in leadership above you, if your character stinks, can I say that? Sorry, I already did. If your character stinks out on your job or in public, nobody's going to look at you and say, whoo, let's give him a promotion. You with me? Has Daniel ever compromised his faith at this point? Not once. But Daniel has lived out with character. He has shown respect. He has stood. He has told the truth. He stood for what is right, but he did it the right way. Who do you believe raised him up to have influence in Persia now? Was it by Daniel's own good works? Or could it have been by the gift of God's grace? God was at work. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God's got a plan for you. In fact, in fact, here's what happened. Daniel distinguished himself. And so these other two are now jealous. How many know that sometimes when God blesses you, it's going to put you in a position to be attacked? And some of you are going to be saying, that's why I don't need no blessing from God because I don't want to fight the battle. Look up here at me. Let me tell everybody something. You're going to fight the devil one way or the other. How about getting a little extra power and anointing on your life when you fight the devil instead of going in there as a weak Christian and fighting him because you're going to fight him either way because if you trust in Jesus, he's already against you. Come on, somebody. And here Daniel says, man, I'm going to live with character and God's going to bless it and I'm going to stay strong. And even when people came against him, he stayed faithful. Watch this. So they go to the King Darius and say, oh, King Darius, all of us satraps have decided. Now, not all of them because they lied because Daniel wasn't in on this. But all of us have decided for 30 days, you need to tell everybody, nobody prays or worships any God other than old King Darius for 30 days. Sign it in law. Because if it's in law, it's law. Come on, somebody. Old Darius just conquered Babylon without a fight. They came up through the water ducks, took the city, killed Belshazzar without a battle. He's feeling pretty smart right now. I'm pretty smart. I got this thing. I just conquered Babylon. Sounds like a good deal. Give me the papers. Darius signed them. What do you think Daniel thought of when he found out that now he's not allowed to pray? There's a law against him praying to anyone other than Darius. Oh, by the way, I need to give you one more stipulation. If they got caught praying to any God other than the king, you got thrown into a den of lions. How would that make you feel? Look up here at me, Christian. Let me ask you something. If a law like that got passed today, how would you respond? Let's look and see. Somebody said lamb chop. Somebody, <laughs> lion chop. How would you feel? Listen, let's look at how Daniel reacted. Look down at verse 10. 
in verse 10. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to circle the action of Daniel. Circle everything you see that he did. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, what did he, how did he respond? He went into his house, the windows in his upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, he prayed, and he gave thanks to his God. Here's the kicker, read the rest of the verse, underline the rest of the verse, ready to go, just as he had done before. He didn't do anything any different than he already was doing. He was already opening his windows. He was already praying three times a day, and they knew it. Now, at the threat of a lion's den, either Daniel's going to quit praying or he's going to stay faithful to God. He stayed faithful to God in spite of a lion's den. Word got back to Darius, and Darius realized those old boys just put one in on him because he loved Daniel. But he had to obey the law, and so he threw Daniel into a den of lions, sealed it up. The Bible says all night long, Darius paced the floor, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, prayed and fasted all night long. Early the next morning, he ran down to the lion's den, opened it up, and hollered, Daniel, are you still there? Look with me at Daniel chapter 6 now, verse 21. Read out loud with me, online campus, read 2. Then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they haven't harmed me for I, found, I was found innocent before him as also before you, your majesty, I have done no harm. God shut the lion's mouth. Now here's the deal. Most Christians read the book of Daniel and all they can see is a God who can shut the mouths of lions. Look up here. Shutting lions' mouths is easy for God to do. God made those putty cats. And God could say, here, kitty, kitty, shut your mouth. And they were shut. That's no big thing for God. It's big to us. It wasn't big to God. Can I tell you there's a bigger miracle in this passage? There's a bigger miracle. You know what the bigger miracle is? There was a man who lived under pressure in a godless world for 66 years, but never once denied his God and stood for what was right. And he did so by distributing godly character that even when he got thrown in a den of lions, you don't find him hiding from God. You don't find him blaming God. You don't find him accusing his accusers. He's not even angry at the king who threw him in the den of lions. The first words out of his mouth were words of respect. O king, live forever. I dare say there's not many of us that that would have been our first words to the king when they opened up that door. You with me? He didn't blame God. Instead, he trusted God. Listen, Daniel didn't know what his future held, but he knew who held his future. And Daniel wasn't going to compromise his faith or his testimony for a bunch of lying politicians mm -mm -mm. or a king who thought he was bigger than God. Daniel kept his testimony 
And he held to his character. And when you and I understand at times in this world, we're going to feel like we're going against the tide. But our God's still on the throne. He's still in control, y'all. And if we understand that he controls time, and maybe what he's asking right now is in this time period, you and I to trust him and to live for him and to stand up for him and do it the right way. Because I can promise you this, when you and I live out with godly character in the world we live in right now and stand for truth and do it with godly character, it's going to grab some people's attention. Because that's not the norm anymore. And we can gather this truth out of the book of Daniel. Number three, write it down. Culture is influenced over time when faith is consistently lived out. I've never had you do this, I don't believe. I've had you circle and underline words and verses, but not in a point. I want you to circle those two words, over time. The culture is influenced when? Over time. So Daniel, over 43 years, influenced Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar died in 562 BC, and at the end of his death, he was declaring there was one God, 43 years into the reign. Now we're 66 years into it, and now Darius is seeing the character of Daniel, who stood for God, even when he faced a lion's den, but he did it with respect and boldness in who God was. And I want you to read with me as, as we look at this and finish up this morning. Look at verse 26. I issue a decree. This is Darius. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. The kingdom of his will never be destroyed. His dominion has no end. He rescues and he delivers and he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And look at verse 28. Everybody read it out loud. Ready to go. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Who now is declaring throughout the Persian empire, there's no God like the God of Daniel. Darius the king. One man. Are you catching this congregation? One man faithful over a lifetime. Standing for truth, but doing it with godly character influenced the Babylonian empire and the Persian empire because God's favor rested upon him because of his character. I just got to tell you, what could happen in America if all of us who claim to be Christians lived out with godly character? Well, our social media pages would look different. Our attitude on our jobs would look different. Our conversations would sound different. And maybe our world would start becoming different. Amen? Here's a big takeaway. Here's what I think Daniel knew. In the end, it didn't really matter what happened in Babylon or in Persia. There was a bigger reward coming. Oh, by the way, I just need to tell you this. You know what else happened in 539 BC? Right after this? 
Cyrus made a decree. You know what Cyrus made a decree of? He said, let's let all those Israelites go back to Jerusalem where they come from and start rebuilding the temple of their God. How do you think Cyrus came to the point to let the captives go? He was influenced by a man named Daniel. Amen? How about you, Christian? Do you know that we're living for someone who's bigger than the culture we're living in today? Huh? Remember, we sung a song a minute ago, what, what it will be like when we get to heaven. Here's your big takeaway. I want you to write this down. The reward for those, there's a reward reserved for those who are faithful to Christ at the end of our journey. We're to live out our lives loving God and with godly character and not looking for our reward down here. Hey folks, our reward's coming on that day when we see Jesus face to face, amen? How many excited about that day? Can I get somebody to say, I believe I like it when I see Jesus.